Okay, if everyone wants to find their place, we'll get started this morning. Good to see you all. Thanks for coming out on this rainy, rainy Sunday morning. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and uh, open up to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. We'll continue our study there. Everybody had a good week? Yeah? Good to have our vacationers back from Branson. You guys had a good vacation last week and glad you're back home and uh, good to see you all this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Do you remember as way of review what chapter number 3 is about? What is, what's Paul addressing? You remember chapter 1 was about the Christian's what? The Christian's calling in chapter 1. Chapter 2 is the Christian's message. Chapter 3 is the Christian's church, right? He's dealing uh, with the church and what's taking place there. And so that's what he's talking about. And we're looking at that, seeing their responsibility there and uh, addressing some of the issues that are taking place in the church at, at Corinth. So before we get started, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. And maybe before we do, if you have a prayer request, maybe a spoken prayer request you'd like to share. If you don't feel like you have to, but maybe there's something you want us to help you pray for or with. Praise. praise, we'll take that. Awesome, awesome, congratulations. Awesome, that's exciting. Praise the Lord for that. Awesome. Any other praise or prayer request? Either one? All right then, let's, did I miss somebody? I'm sorry. Yeah, let's remember these that are traveling, Michael and Rachel traveling from Texas, and Barbara and Eldon traveling to Texas. So let's pray for them. All right, let's do, yeah, good, let's get that, uh, lift that up to the Lord in prayer. So let's pray for this. Anyone else? All right, let's, uh, let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of prayer and just to enter into your presence and just to, uh, to be able to, to sit with you, to fellowship with you, to bring our petitions of praise and uh, concerns and requests to you. We thank you, Lord, for that privilege. We thank you for the awesome privilege of prayer and uh, the fact that you are with us, you never leave us, you never forsake us, and you're always there for us. And God, we thank you so much for that. Lord, we lift up these uh, prayer requests that have been mentioned uh, from the court case to the traveling to uh, all the different ones that are on each one of our hearts. And Father, I just pray that you would hear and answer our, our prayers and as we petition you by faith, trusting in you, God, to work in all these different situations. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the praise report of uh, Bo and Sarah, and we ask you, Lord, to just continue to bless them, and thank you, God, so much for that, and uh, Lord, we just pray and ask your blessings on our time together as we open your word and, and study, and, and uh, Lord, I just pray that, uh, that your blessings will be on our time together, and Lord, that we would glean from your word, and we would leave encouraged, and may uh, we all grow to spiritual maturity as a result of studying your word. We ask the Holy Spirit of God that you would open up our hearts and our minds and help us to receive your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 3. Let's begin reading in verse number 1. And 
Uh, let's just read down through about verse number, I don't know, verse number 9 or 10, somewhere right down through there, and, and uh, we'll stop this morning. Paul's writing, he says, Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men or carnal? Uh, For when one says, I follow Paul, and the other, I follow Apollos, are you not mere men? Or carnal, I think, is a very good word there, and that's in the King James translations. But are you not carnal? You're not fleshly, you're not worldly and doing that, just mere men. Verse number five, what after all is Apollos and what is Paul? And he answers that and he says, only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. That's an important statement right there that you really need to get a hold of uh, in your own personal life, uh, in our church. In our spiritual life, that is a, uh, a, lot of, a lot of truth there. Paul says, verse 6, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field, God's building. If you remember last week, as we jumped into chapter 3, we shared with you three different pictures of the church that Paul is painting for us in chapter number 3. The very first picture that he paints for us, we read in verses 1 through 4, where Paul talks about the church being a family, and the goal of that church being a family is what? Do you remember what the goal is? The goal is spiritual maturity who said that somebody said it good job the goal is maturity that we would grow in our faith and that's what he was talking about and how sad and and i think it's just a very sad report that paul starts out chapter three and he says i cannot address you as spiritual but as worldly and then he even says mere infants um and he also says uh, and i gave you milk not solid food for you were not ready for it now that's sad is, is it not The fact that Paul identified that this church that had tremendous blessings and had tremendous spiritual gifts and had tremendous capabilities and had tremendous potential, a very large gathering of believers, but Paul is writing to them and once again he says that I can't even address you as spiritual but as as infants, worldly, mere uh, carnal. And And that's just, that's sad. That's a sad report on any church. Hope and pray that is not the case with us. And one of our goals is that we will grow uh, to spiritual maturity. And, and that's one of the reasons for this class, is just starting this on Sunday, is, is to reach this goal. Uh, so that this could not be said of us that we are immature. But how do we grow? And we touched this, I'll touch base a little bit on this last week. How do we grow in our faith? Through the Word of God. We grow by studying and reading and applying the Word of God. So that's why every single day, and we teach this in class 201, and if you haven't taken class 201, most of you in here, I believe, have all taken class 101, 
but if you haven't taken these classes, I encourage you to do that because each one of these classes are, are there to help establish you to grow in your faith, especially class 201 uh, where we teach some habits, some spiritual habits that we all need to have in our life that will help us to grow to spiritual maturity. And one of those habits is daily time in the Word with, with God. Uh, having our, our devotion time and our quiet time and our, our Bible study time. And I encourage you to do that. If you're not doing it already, please, please, please do that. Uh, the second thing we see that the church is a field. And the goal in this, in verses 5 down through verse um, number 9, is, is quantity. That the, the church would grow. Not only grow spiritually, but that the church would also grow uh, numerically that that it would grow i want you to look what he says in verse number five he says what after all is apollos and what is paul only servants through whom you came to believe as the lord has assigned to each task in verse six he says i planted the seed and apollos watered it but god made it grow i find it interesting and this is something you'll find pretty common through paul's writings as he wrote uh, the different epistles you'll find in his writings that he loved to use agricultural terms uh, he a matter of fact jesus used a lot of that in his day in his teachings and all these different parables jesus loved to look around and used a lot of agricultural terms as well uh, but paul did that that's very common with paul's writing and here once again he's he's showing the church at corinth that hey i planted apollos watered but who gave the increase god and Paul was, and by the way, why does Paul even address this? Why does he even bring this out at the church at Corinth? Let me tell you what was taking place. The church at Corinth had lost their focus. They had quit giving God the glory for the increase in the growth, and they started to look in, looking to the men who were, whom they thought were responsible for that growth. And some looked at Paul and said, you know what? Paul planted this church, and he started this church, and therefore... Uh, we're going to follow him and and he's going to get the glory and someone else said no 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 i came in under the ministry of apollos uh, apollos is the one who led me to the lord and i followed his teachings and 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 another says no 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 no. i, I like peter's teachings and and i came in under under his teachings and then of course the real spiritual crowd said well we're following jesus we're not following any man and but but the problem with with most of these people in this church is that the men were getting the glory I think it's sad that, you know, we don't read, when, and hopefully Apollos did, but I don't read where anywhere where Apollos jumped up and said, hey, it's not me, it's God. But we do see where Paul said, it's not me, and it's not Apollos, but it's God who gave the increase. And that's one of the things that I think we must be careful with here at Victory Church is that we be sure that no man gets the glory. Hello? It all belongs to God. It's God's blessings. It's God that made the church at Corinth grow as we read in verse number, verse number uh, 4 and 5 there. Uh, and it's God that will make all churches grow. Uh, yes, I believe that God uses men. Matter of fact, I shared that with you last week in Ephesians uh, chapter 4. We're going to read it again today in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In just a moment, we're going to go over there. And we're going to see where God gave churches people to minister, to serve. There's gifts of, of leadership and people that God gives to a church but it's God that gets the glory and it's God that makes it grow God uses us in all of our ministries to do our part right where we serve one will plant a seed one will water one will cultivate the soil 
And then fortunately, and it's always fun to be in on the harvesting of the seed, to be able to come behind where someone's planted, where someone's cultivated soil, and where someone is watered, and to be able to harvest that seed and to bring it, bring it in. Paul's using these agricultural terms for a reason. I think he's pointing out to the church several tasks that we have in our ministry. He's pointing it out at the, to the church at Corinth as well. And part of our task, I believe there's a fourfold task, and I've already talked about it. It's sowing the seed, cultivating the soil, watering the seed, and harvesting the seed. Uh, that's what we're all to be involved in on a daily basis in our personal lives and our individual lives, as well as collectively as a church. But in the end, it's not he who planted or he who watered or he who cultivated or he who harvested that gets the glory. In the end, it's God that gets the glory, okay? We're all just tools in the master gardener's hands that he's using to build and cultivate and work and bring people to Christ through, through his son or bring people to the Lord through his through his son. So the emphasis is not on, on, not on men, right? The emphasis is on God. And, uh, and I, that's what I want our emphasis around here to be on. Uh, we have a lot of different leaders in our church, but we all have one common goal and one common purpose, and that's to glorify God, right? He's using us in different areas for one goal and one purpose, and that's to win people to Christ so that he receives the, the glory for it all. So let's keep our emphasis on on God and not, and not man. That's pro- part of the problem at Corinth. They had gotten their emphasis off of God and have placed it on, on men. There are three different, I guess, images that appear in this passage of Scripture in verse uh, chapter 3, verse 5, down through verse number 9 or so. And those are the three I want to spend a little time talking about uh, today. Uh, the first image that appears is the diversity of ministry. The second one is the unity of purpose. And the third image that we see through these verses is humility in spirit you're going to see that i think those three things are crucial in a church if a church is going to grow if a church is going to give god the glory i think we've got to focus on what paul is writing about here in these particular verses verses five down through verse number nine where he breaks down those three different areas let's look at the first one if you will first of all in verse number six the diversity of ministry and i've already been talking about this just a little bit Look at verse 6. Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God made it grow. I want you to understand that all healthy ministries are very diverse. I mean, there's a lot of different people that are working in the church. And that's what Paul is reminding the, the church at Corinth. It's not any one man that has made the church grow. It's not any one man that gets the glory. It's not it. No, it's God that gets the glory. It's God that's using a lot of different people. So we have that diversity of ministry. One plows, cultivates the ground. Someone else plants the seed. And by the way, how do you plow? And I'm kind of getting away, expounding a little bit on this text. But but how do you cultivate the soil in someone that that has not received the word of God or has not received Christ? Or how do you do that? What are some ways that we cultivate the soil? in someone's heart to prepare them for receiving the seed which is the word of God and by the way in the parable that Jesus talked about the sower and the seed uh, you'll find that the soil was parallel with the human heart and the seed was the word of God so as we are cultivating the soil the heart in someone what are some ways that we can do that how can we plow the ground of a heart of someone what are some ways we can do that let's just throw out some ways I'm sorry 
Well, be a good witness with your life, yeah. Befriend them. I think that's huge. Befriend them. Build that bridge of friendship over. Listen, I think part of the problem that many Christians have is that we have almost isolated ourselves to just running in circles with Christians. One of the things that I have really tried to do, and, it, and it's hard. I mean, I work in an office with Christians. Wayne's a Christian. Donette is a Christian. Eldon's a Christian. You know, I'm right there in, in my office. I'm in the church. I'm in the ministry. I'm right there. And it's very easy for me to completely surround myself with Christian people. And you know what? It's pretty comfortable. You know you, know, well, you don't have to hear the foul language. You don't have to hear the dirty jokes. And we can all just praise God all the time and give prayer requests and praise. and I mean, It's pretty comfortable there. But one of the things I've tried to do strategically is to befriend someone that I know is an unbeliever and to hang out a little bit. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to go to the taverns and the bars and drink and party and all that kind of stuff with them, but it does mean that I'm going to do a few things that I'm going, to, I'm going to touch base and I'm going to befriend someone and do a few things. Why? So that I can cultivate the soil. And I'm doing that right now with several, three individuals right now that I have befriended. And they're not Christians. They're not involved in any church. And, and they use some foul language from time to time. And, but what am I doing? I'm trying to cultivate that that soil with those three individuals that are actively involved in my life right now. I hope you're doing the same thing. We all need to be doing that. Hello? Hello? You know, that's part of our evangelism strategy. Do you remember what our evangelism... We haven't talked about it in a while, but do you remember what our evangelism strategy is? Somebody say it loud. Invest and invite, Okay? We're going to invest in someone and then we're going to invite them to our small groups. We're going to invite them to our Sunday morning worship service. We're going to eventually invite them to Christ, okay? But it starts with investing in someone. That's cultivating the soil of someone's heart to get that ground, that heart ready to receive the Word of God. How many is planting gardens? You're familiar with with soil and, and how many's planted flowers and gardens and different things if you just go out there and you may have a, a beautiful flower or something if you just go just set it right on top of the hard ground that thing's gonna die right what do you got to do or the same thing with planting seed you got to get in there and you got to loosen up the soil and prepare it and same thing in our lives with other people and that's what paul's saying paul says listen i planted but then someone has to come by and water how do we water the seed that someone else has planted? What's some good ways to water the seed? Wayne touched on this one with your, with your witness, with your life. You know, just being involved in their lives and, and letting them see. What's another way to water? There you go. That's what I was looking for. Pray. Just praying for that individual. Praying and praying and praying. And man, you're just watering and watering and watering and watering and watering. And... Okay, so any, any other thoughts? But those are things we need to be doing. But we see in all of that, one plants, one waters, but God gives the increase, right? So we see the diversity of ministry, and that's what Paul is trying to get the church at Corinth to, to see. Listen, guys, it's not because of one person in the church that the church is growing. 
And that's what Paul is trying to tell these folks at Corinth. It's not because of me, Paul is saying. It's not because of Apollos. He's saying we have just done our task that God's given us to do with one common goal and purpose, and that is to glorify the Lord. And he's saying it's God that gives the increase. That's the second thing I want to talk to you about. Not only the diversity of ministry, the ministry is diverse. Our church is diverse. We have a lot of different ministries, a lot of different people involved in a lot of different people's lives. And that's healthy, that's good. But it takes all of us collectively working together. And what's the one purpose, the unity of purpose we see in verse number 8? Look, if you will. The man who plants and the man who waters has one purpose. I like that. The man who's planting and the man who's watering has one purpose. You see, there's unity in purpose. And if a church is going to be healthy and if a church is going to grow, we've got to have that unified effort of glorifying God and seeing people come to Christ, seeing people's lives changed, That is our one common goal and purpose in all of our different ministries and everything that we're doing. Let me turn with you real quickly, if you will, or you actually, you turn with me, if you will, please. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Paul's talking about this diversity of ministry. He's talking about this unity of purpose. And he brings it up again in chapter 12, and we'll get here one of these days, maybe in 2008. We'll eventually get here, but in... In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul once again is bringing up the idea of of diversity of ministry and unity of purpose. That was part of the church at Corinth's problem. They did not have that unity of purpose. They started looking at several individuals and singling their ministries out and following them. Verse 12, "The, the body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts, and though all parts are many, They form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. We were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part but of many. He's talking about the human body and he's applying that to the body of Christ, the local church. He said it's not made up of one part. The church at Corinth had a problem with that. There were some that said, no, it's all about Apollos. There were some that said, no, it's all about Paul. Right? Sadly, there's people that follow personalities instead of following God. Even in our day. Hello? God forbid. And what's even more sad is that some of those personalities that people are following are boasting in the glory of that. And receiving it when they should stand up and rebuke that. Hello? Listen, the Lord used me and my wife to start Victory Church. But we were just tools in his hand. This is God's work that he is doing. This is, by the way, this is not my church. This is God's church. Hello? I told Donetta the other day, I was in the office, I was talking to her, I said, you know what? My goal is for this church to function without me. Because it's not about me. I want that office to run smoothly whether I'm there or not. I want this ministry to take off and run smoothly whether I'm there or not. 
I want to equip people and train people to do the work of the ministry so that it can continue whether I'm here or not. Why? Because it's God's work and it's His church. Okay? We have one body, many parts, one body. Look back, if you will, in verse, or 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 14. Now the body is not made up of one part but many. And if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, it would not for that reason, cease to be part of the body. Or if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, it would not for that reason, cease to be part of the body. You, you see what Paul's saying? He's going to go on and go on through there, and, and, and I'm going to stop right there, but I think you get the point. Paul is saying to the eye and to the foot, if the eye says, you know what, or the foot says, you know what, I'm not the eye, I'm not the visible part. I mean, everybody can see people's eyes. Nobody really sees your foot or even cares much about it, but it carries a big load. And I'm kind of, you, know, you see all that jealousy and striving that would take place within the body? It's still part of the body. It's still a functioning part of the body. It's still a very important part of the body. I mean, we all need our feet, right? I mean, I guess you can get by without it, but we're going to get by a little bit slower, right? I mean, but to be healthy and to, to be able to be all we can be, we need our body functioning, right? Same way within the church. I mean, there's different parts. Some are more visible, some are not. But everybody is important. And we all have our area of ministry. That's where the church at Corinth had lost their focus. That's why if you go back to chapter 3, that's why if you go back to chapter 3, you'll see where he talks about how there is, in verse number 3, he says, you are still worldly for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you. Oh, how, how does that jealousy rise up? That jealousy rose up because the church had lost their focus. They were looking at men instead of God. Okay? Well, he's getting all the attention. It's not about that. It's about God and glorifying him. Okay? So Paul is bringing out this diversity of ministry. He's bringing out this unity of purpose. And then I like verse 6 and 7. And I know I've already talked about this, but we're just kind of concentrating on this particular passage of scripture i want you to look at the the humility that is exemplified here i want you to look at the humility of spirit that you see from paul in verse number six paul says i planted the seed apollos watered it but god made it grow so neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. Listen, guys, this is the great Apostle Paul speaking. And he's saying, I'm nothing. I, I don't believe there's been a greater preacher on the earth, with the exception of Jesus Christ, than the Apostle Paul. I don't think there's been a greater missionary, and we've had some great missionaries. I don't think there's been a greater missionary that's ever walked the earth than the Apostle Paul. But I want you to look at his spirit. He's saying, it's not about me. I'm just a tool in his hand. The Lord just, we are just mere servants, he says. And God just used me to plant. Who started the church at Corinth? If you remember back, the very, one of the very first lessons we taught uh, here, uh, studying the first Corinthians, we went back to the book of Acts and we dug a little history out. Who started the, the church at Corinth? Paul. Paul started that church. But Paul's not up there boasting. He's up there saying, listen, I planted. And Apollos came alongside me in ministry and watered. But it's God 
who made it grow. So neither, get this now, this is important, neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God. You see, I believe Paul understood the fact that apart from God, apart from God's blessing and God making that church grow, apart from that, anything else is a failure. It it doesn't matter. Even in our day today, apart from God blessing our church. You see, I think something else also. And this is one thing that that I keep in front of my, at at the forefront of my mind all the time. One day, I, John Cannon, I'm going to stand before God. And I'm going to give an account of my personal life. And I'm also going to give an account on how I led this church. And one day, I'm looking for the approval and the blessing from God. I want to hear him one day say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Therefore, I'm not after the applause of man. I'm after the applause of God. All of our lives should be centered and lived that way. We're not after the praise of men or the applause of men. Because that quickly comes and it quickly goes. There's, an, there's a country song, and I forget the name of it, but it talks, about, it talks about when you're up on the mountain and everything's going well, everybody's your friend. But slip and fall, and, and who is it that comes along and talks about how many will desert you then? You see, that's true. Is it not? The applause of, of man and the praise of man is, oh, it's such, it's such a brief moment, is it not? I mean, just look at sports. Look at some NFL teams and some quarterbacks and players that once everybody thought was the greatest. And now, trade them, get rid of them. You know, the, the praise of man just comes and goes. Now, let's don't seek that. Let's seek Seek the praise of God. Let's have this humble spirit that, that Paul had and that he portrayed. I love that statement. I planted the seed, Apollos watered, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. And that's part of God's plan for the church is for a church to grow. It's not God's goal and desire for churches not to grow. I think if we're healthy... And if we're carrying out our common purpose, that a church will grow. Our, our, our goal and our ministry is, remember, it's kind of fourfold within this agricultural term. We're going to cultivate the soil, right? We're going to plant the seed. We're going to water the seed. And we're going to trust God to bring the increase. But we've got to do our part, right? All for one common purpose and goal and And that's to see people come to Christ so that God can be glorified in what's taking place. The church at Corinth had lost that focus and Paul was addressing that with them. Okay, we're going to stop right there. The battery in my watch died this morning. I looked at it and it's gone. So I intentionally didn't take it off so to make me get to Walmart somewhere and get a battery. Uh, So when I do this, it doesn't mean a thing because I don't have a clue (laughs) what time it is. What time is it? Anybody know? All right, we'll stop right here then, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together, and I just pray that you would help us, Lord, to focus our ministry here at Victory Church on you. And may you receive the honor and the glory for everything that's done through the ministry here at Victory Church. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen.